excuse me, I have revival. Let me praise me God. <laughs> I don't have an intro. So today, you know, like this wasn't originally on the agenda for season two, mm -hmm. but some stuff happened and really wanted to talk about the concept of revival. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit of a last minute just kind of turned together. Thing. Yeah. But I think especially with all that's going on, like in our world right now, this is honestly just a neat opportunity to be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of like this, this concept of revival is happening through like people our age, like Gen, like Gen Z, like mm -hmm. 18 to 25. Like, so I, I just, I felt like having this platform, like it'd be really good to talk about it. And I don't want it to become like an opinionated thing. Like we just want to like, like yeah, more just like an open discussion. More just like type open thing. discussion type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I think super cool is Jesus revolution. I don't know if you saw that mm -hmm. it, it's in theater. So with the Asbury revival yeah. and like a week later, Jesus revolution is in theaters, like done by Lionsgate. <laughs> Which is so wild because, like, when's the last the time Lionsgate has done a movie about Jesus with, like, clear gospel presentation? Yep. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to. Yeah. But I've heard it's really good. The people came and spoke it at Convo here. Yeah. And I think just one preface we want to make, like, we're obviously not experts on this topic by mm -hmm. any means. By any means. That's why we, we want it just to be kind of open discussion type thing. I mean, I know you went to Asbury for a little bit, so just kind of talk about personal experience, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really just... <laughs> We're not the most qualified people to be talking about this, so we just want to make that clear. Uh, but hopefully, get some thoughts going and yeah. just kind of kind of go from there. So, so originally, like I had this thought. So, when I, I started Crestville about a year and a half ago now, mm -hmm. I it's funny saying this. I so I I heard Sadie Robertson speak, and not that Sadie Robertson like I love Sadie Robertson. It's just it's just crazy that she was the one who inspired this. So props <laughs> to you, Sadie, for <laughs> watching this. But um, she's talking about how anyone can be an influencer. And I was like, you know, what? I have a lot of cool friends like around the country. And so like, I'm gonna start this thing called Christ Revival. And I'm gonna ask people like Kyle and other people from like different places in the country to like come give a little devotional. Like that's what it started as. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel like this is really surface level. And I don't know if it's, not that I didn't know if it's reaching anyone, but I was like, how can we do this better? Yeah. And so I was like, let's start a podcast where people can see clips on Instagram and then like come to the full podcast and get like, hopefully more in depth, more in depth. Yeah. And now, and, and Christ revival is like the only, like, I didn't even think about a name. It was like Christ revival. Like that's what it's going to be called. Like it felt yeah. like it was almost like straight from God. Mm -hmm. And who knows if this is related in any way, but it'd be cool if it was only time will tell. Yeah. But like, I just, I feel like it's so wild that like with this word revival being thrown around so much recently that mm -hmm. our name is actually Christ revival, Christ revival. and that might be a coincidence or maybe God ordained that for something who knows we'll see i guess we'll see only time yeah i do think that's interesting that you're talking about uh so revival just a word that's going around um a lot right now and i know we were talking about it earlier um but one of the one of the things we wanted to bring up is the difference between revival and renewal and i thought you had a really good definition or, or how you put it i thought it was really yeah good. so Renewal, the refreshment, release, and advancement that individuals, groups, churches, and culture experience when they realign with God's presence. Mm -hmm. So almost this like, it's like experiencing God's presence, but also this purpose that follows. Yeah. Like, and we see like, you don't just experience it. Like you go out and there's change. Like true renewal, like you'll see change. Like mm -hmm. it's not just a experience. And then revival is more so renewal on a mass scale. scale. It's like renewal, renewal can happen in your dorm room. Renewal can happen in your house. Like, like that can just be like between you and God. Mm -hmm. But then revival is like, 
like Asbury is is on the level I would say of, of revival because tens of thousands and thousands and then mm-hmm. even more on social media are hearing about this. So it, it's really spreading. And then we've seen other revivals, quote unquote. I don't know why I quoted, but <laughs> revivals pop up around the country, like Michigan University. It's yep. funny that you wore that. They oh, no. they had like 80 people come to Christ, I heard, one night, yeah. like at a, a worship service after this happened in Stanford, and there's been some other mm-hmm. other schools, public yeah, universities. in California, mm-hmm. yeah. Stuff mm-hmm. out in California, too. Yep. Um, I do think that's interesting, though, like one distinction with that. When talking about revival, it is not necessarily like a specific place. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned renewal is something that just can can like happen between you and your God in your dorm, wherever. Same with revival, but I Mm -hmm. think the distinction that we're wanting to make, revival is more on like a large scale, like multiple people, more of like a a movement, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like renewal is a bit more of like a a personal thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But we just don't want to attach. Revival does not mean, oh, it has to happen in this building or this place. Because God can work anywhere. Mm -hmm. He's not limited to just... Yeah. That area. God, God is not an algorithm or formula. Mm-hmm. Like he, he can work in, in plenty of different ways. And so we don't want to limit him to working in a specific way. Yeah. I like how you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the, so as we talk about like, what is revival, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be good to establish a little background. Like what are some characteristics of revival? Yeah. And do you have these up or do you? Or- no, uh, but I think, um, one interesting thing, like when I think of revival, I, I have to pause for a second. I'm like, wait, where is this even talked about in the Bible? Yeah. And cause I don't necessarily think about it in the old Testament, like right off the bat. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, where is it in the new Testament? But it's, it's really not in the new Testament because the church was just created. Yeah. So if you think about it, revival really is an old Testament concept. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know one of the points you brought up was, was Nineveh. Yeah. And like when Jonah goes there, presents the gospel, like that's a revival. All the people repent, um, and turn from their sins and look to God. And, yeah. uh, so I, th- I, th- I think, a lot of people, when they think of revival, think that it has to be like a New Testament concept mm-hmm. or something that is newer. But if you think about it, it really goes back to the Old Testament more. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was my first thought when I started studying this. I was like, okay, the concept of revival makes sense because it's been a long time since the church has created this like refreshment of the spirit. But like, yeah. what does it's the not Bible biblical. have to say about it? Yeah. But then the Old Testament, like it definitely is biblical. Like you just mentioned Jonah 3, 6 through 10. Of the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Mm-hmm. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let not feed on drink or water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and know the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw that they did this, how they turned from their evil way, God relented on the disaster that he had said he would do to them, mm-hmm. and he did not do it. Yeah. Like, this is a whole city. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is a mass scale. A whole city repented mm-hmm. and turned. And it's just pretty incredible. Like, that, that is revival. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there are so many more examples that we'll get into. And I think, I think it's just interesting so often we don't think of, for example, Nineveh as, as revival, Yeah. but it is cool to look back at Old Testament, um, just Old Testament examples and see that it, it is revival, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. All right. Another Old Testament example that I find super interesting is, um, 
<laughs> I just blanked for I didn't blank. Like it's literally I'm literally have my Bible like right in front of me. You wanna tell us what verse it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's second Kings twenty two. Um Hilkiah finds the book of the law. So in Hilkiah the high priest of Shapin, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to shape him and he read it. And then um, fast forward a little bit because there's two chapters. I'm not going to read two chapters. <laughs> but when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and, and Ahikam, <laughs> the son of Shaphan, and Akbor, the son of Micaiah. Okay, it keeps going. But go inquire of the Lord and me and for the people and for all of Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. Yeah. And so, I mean, we just proceed to see like breaking down altars, like just massive, like anything that he realizes that's not of the Lord. Cause they, they strayed so far from God Yeah. and they weren't really even aware of it. It seems like, like they, like they were so lately living in sin Yeah. and he finds the book of the law and he's reading it. And he's like, oh, it's instant change. Yeah, it's instant change. He's like, oh crap, like we, we've screwed up yep. so much. So they go tearing down like altars, like the king like tears off his clothes, like mm -hmm. realizing like we screwed up. And we see another citywide like revival in Judah. Yeah, I, th I think that's the key right there is so when like Asbury and everything kind of started up, I, I'm definitely or definitely was a little skeptical. Like, okay, what's what's going on here? Like, yeah. I just wanted to figure it out. And I think when we look at these Old Testament examples, we can see that it was true, genuine change. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone's just trying to fake something, they're not going to go do, like, tear their clothes, tear down all these altars, do all this stuff. Like, that's an example of a true, genuine heart change. Yeah. And God is working in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think as Christians, when we have these, so to, so to speak, revivals happening, like, in our time, that's what we have to look at. Is it genuine? Is God actually working in this situation? Yeah. Or are people just trying to make this up? Because that's a point mm -hmm. you made earlier. Revival, we can't manifest revival. Yeah. We can't We can't just start it unnaturally. Like, yeah, it, it can't has be to, manufactured. Exactly. It can't be manufactured. It has to be God actually working in that situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting is um, we talked about this. I think before all this concept of revival happened, I always thought revival was like a bunch of new people coming to Christ. Yeah. And like, I think salvation is a big part of revival, mm -hmm. but I think a, a lot of what we're seeing is it's Christians who have been kind of like stagnant in their faith. Yeah. Like almost being like, it's like a wake up call. It's like a wake up call from the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just going to run through these quick. So the characteristics of a revival that we've noticed throughout history is um, word, scripture reading, preaching of the gospel, prayer, praying for one another, fellowship, love, generosity, worship, witness, repentance and, and confession, which we just talked about, like mm -hmm. the witnessing, like there has to be change and then in genuine salvation. Yeah. And then I guess just kind of piggybacking off of that, now that we've kind of talked a little bit more about what does the Bible actually have to say about re revival? What, what are these Old Testament examples like? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'd be interested. I know you went to Asbury. I, I didn't experience any of that. And so I think that's probably a pretty hot topic right now that people yeah. are, just, are just curious. So like, I mean, did you think it was like genuine and you felt like God was actually working there or just what was like, what was your experience with it? Yeah. So I'll tell the, tell the yeah, story. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like, it's funny how it works. So me and my roommate, Josh, Josh Carroll, I mentioned him in another episode. Shout out, Josh. Shout out Josh Carroll. <laughs> but, um, we got breakfast that morning at like 8am. It was like Saturday. Mm -hmm. And he's like, how funny it would be if we just like drove the Asbury. I was like, That'd be wild. That's crazy. And then I actually went and played in a flag football tournament. 
And then that got done to like three or four. And Josh called me. He's like, yo, you still want to go to Kentucky? <laughs> I'm like, um, when are we leaving? It's like seven or eight. We're just going to drive to Kentucky. It's like, yeah, it was like seven hour drive. Yeah. So why it's like, not? They're like, why not? Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> and so we hopped in the car a couple hours later. We drove from like 8 p.m. to like 4.30 a.m. We found a little Airbnb that was pretty cheap. And um, four of us went. Wow. And then we drove. That was about an hour away from Asbury. And then we drove the hour the next morning. Dang. And yeah. And getting there, it was it was pretty surreal. Thousands mm-hmm. of people outside. Like, didn't fully know. And I, at this point, I was a little skeptical. Because I really thought people were going to be casting out demons. Like, you have people from all different cultures just coming because they want to experience what this is. Mm-hmm. And no one really knows what this what is. What is it? Is. Yeah. So... I was very skeptical. There was a special Gen Z line. This this was crazy. Like the line was out the door, and we just walked in. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. That felt like a god thing that we just got like the got chance to just to walk it. in, yep. like without waiting for hours. So we walk in, and instantly, I got like goosebumps, like chills. Mm-hmm. Like it was just people from all over, like just worshiping. Like it was like a choir almost. Yeah. Like there was no instruments, no flashy lights, no smoke machines, no Christian celebrities. Like just people worshiping. And they're on a very strict, like it was very structured too. Like, mm-hmm. cause what I was thinking, I was like, okay, this, this is going to be kind of wild. This is going to be kind of wild. It's going to be out of control. Yeah. Cause there is student run. Like for the most part, like the administration at the school had, had they, they did a really good job. They were like parents almost like they were mm-hmm. watching like, okay. And if, if something started getting a little wild, okay. Like kind of step in, kind of step in. Yep. But it was, it was very structured. It was worship, prayer, reading a scripture and testimonies. Mm-hmm. And they even explained like, Hey, like don't preach fire like yeah like fire hell like give your testimony like your story of like repentance and how you came to christ like let's preach the gospel mm-hmm. and it was very very straightforward very biblical and it was led by people under the age of 25 like completely mm-hmm. and it felt very genuine honestly yeah very genuine very real very authentic like structured but not so structured that they weren't giving the holy spirit room to work to work yeah and like i'm not saying that 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 was like, I don't, it, it felt very real and mm-hmm. authentic. And it felt like God was definitely like, I, I, I felt like the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like it felt very real, authentic. authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know something that, that I was told, and I really, I really agree with this is I want my skepticism to be outmatched by my desire and want for a movement like this. Mm-hmm. Like as Christians, I think we should all be like really hoping and desiring that something like this happens. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we throw our biblical knowledge out the door. Yeah. Like we still want to make sure what we're experiencing is biblical. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want my skepticism to cloud my judgment of what God can do. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was yeah. kind of it. I, I think that's, that's important because, so, I mean, I, I didn't go experience this. And I know for me, definitely still a little bit skeptical and just everything that's going on. But it's important pretty much all my information is just like either from the news or from talking to you or social media or whatever. And like the news and social media, like that can be, anyone can put their opinion out there and make it yeah. seem like this is how everyone experienced it. Mm-hmm. So I think just when these sort of things happen, it's really important for us as Christians to seek out the, seek it out for ourselves yeah. and not, not be so influenced by like what people are saying about mm-hmm. it around you. You know, just, just don't take everything as fact or truth. Yeah. If that and makes sense. I, I know everyone can't obviously drive to Kentucky, mm-hmm. but like, I, th- I think some things like we don't necessarily need to fully have an opinion on unless we've experienced it. Exactly. And 
I think something, something that I really felt like God was teaching me in this moment was just because I do not fully understand what's going on does mm-hmm. not mean that God cannot work like in it. Or that he's involved. Yeah. He's involved. And like, I feel like originally I've been like, oh, I don't really get it. So it can't be biblical, mm-hmm. but like God can be working in something that I don't understand. Yep. Like, I don't want to ever get to the point in my faith where I'm putting God in a box, box to where like, okay, this is how God works. This is how God operates. Cause that's not God. Mm-hmm. Because as humans, we can never fully, fully understand, understand the will of God. Yeah. And yeah. No, I think that's such a good point because there are going to be things about God. Like, he is so much above us. There's going to mm-hmm. be things about us that we do not understand. So whenever these types of events or revival or whatever it might be come up and we're like, okay, I don't completely understand this. Don't just disregard it and be like, okay, God can't be involved. Yeah. Like we're not going to understand everything about him. So I think that's a really, a really good point. Mm-hmm. And just honestly, like a mature way to look at it. Be like, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean God is not working in this situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Something that that I've heard recently was it's okay to be skeptical, but do not let your skepticism outweigh your view of God. If like if you so strongly think, and this is similar to the box point, but if you so strongly think you know know exactly how God works, like then your skepticism is outweighing God because you don't mm-hmm. believe God can do things that God can ultimately do like mm-hmm. you're putting him in a box. So I don't like, I, I think it's good to hold fast to scripture, but also like living to the point where like, I know God can do this, even though I don't fully understand yeah. what that's, it is. That's where faith comes in, mm-hmm. you know, cause to a certain, there's going to be things that God can do that we don't understand. Yeah. And if we are so skeptical, skeptical about it, we don't have faith in him. So that's, that is the point of faith. Ha- faith like fills in that gray area. Mm-hmm. So, everyone might not necessarily agree but like it's your faith that gets you through that section yeah you know? exactly and i think oftentimes god gives us everything that we need to but we still got to take that step step like yep. that step of faith yeah exactly um, <laughs> a lot of people and i've noticed this now at liberty and at other places a lot of people have been praying for revival mm-hmm. like really want this to happen and many people think it comes in the form of a worship night now and Something someone told me is um, before God will answer your request for more of him, you need to answer his request for more of you. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, man, I want the Holy Spirit. I want the presence of God. Like, what are you doing about it? Like, are you going and serving people right now? Like we talked about the humility yeah. episode. Like, like, or are you just in there praying like for your own self-gratification? Yeah. Like, I really hope everyone gets to experience the presence of God, but God is not an algorithm. Like exactly. we can experience that in different ways. And... I really think this quote, like before God will answer your request for more of him, you need to answer his requests for more of you. Yep. It's that verse, um, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're just sitting back and we're like, all right, I just need God to come into my presence. Yeah. That's great and all. And it's not saying that God can't do that, but what are you doing about it to actually seek him out? You know, mm-hmm. cause he, he calls us to follow him, calls us to seek him. And if we aren't doing it, he can definitely still come into our presence and renew us. Yeah. But just like you said, we have to actually be intentionally going about it. We can't just sit back and expect expect him to do everything for us. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like presence without purpose is meaningless. Yeah. Like if we truly have experienced the presence of God, like purpose is going to follow. Because I, I don't believe that you can experience the presence of God without having this renewed sense of purpose in life. Yeah. So a fun story. So after the, um, on the way back from Asbury, we left at like 8 p.m. again. So we drove through the night. We went three days without sleep. But um, we stopped at Subway. And one of the guys I came with, he's like, I really want to pray to the subway worker. And we were like, do it. And so we walked up to the counter and he's like, yo, do you believe in God? And he's like, no. And he shared the gospel with him. He's like, hey, how can I be praying with you? 
just prayed for him. Shout out Elijah, Elijah Goble. I'm sure you're listening probably, <laughs> but um, like, like that's what it should look like. Like mm-hmm. we experience the presence of God. We, we get to have this amazing experience and fellowship with other believers, but then there should be purpose following that. Like exactly. there should be, we should have this renewed sense of, of honestly, like gratitude towards God and wanting to serve him. Yep. That's the thing with like these revivals, like <coughs> revival should equal change. Like, mm-hmm. If we just go and experience God, but we don't do, like we don't change, we don't do anything about it. Yeah. We just experience that event and it's over. Was it really real to begin with, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a really good point that when we go through these experiences, like it should change us that, and it give us a renewed fire for serving the Lord and going out and fulfilling his, his will and uh, doing things for the kingdom. So yeah, yeah, I think that's just a, a neat distinction there. Mm-hmm. So I say like, just to close this episode off, like don't, I, I think the big things is like, don't let your skepticism outweigh your view of God mm-hmm. and like, be willing, like go to God. If you, if you're confused, like pray that he'd give you clarity. Like, like don't be afraid to bring things to God. Exactly. Like God can handle it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Sweet. I mean, I think that's everything. Yeah. So. Enjoy talking about this. It was fun. Yeah. Was Hopefully good. it just got some, got some wheels turning and ideas going and yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. So Sweet. I guess until the next episode <laughs> or season or season, this might be it. This oh, might snap. Be it. We'll see. Next we'll never season. know. It yeah, might get we'll never know. It might get extended again. <laughs> see you guys. Okay, thank you for your time. Oh, yeah. All right, we're done. <laughs>